Episode 2, Bedlam Eternal Twelve years ago Growing up, I figured when I turned 18, I'd instinctively know how to function in the world. On the contrary, my 18th birthday came and went, leaving a confused and dizzy teenage girl in its wake, searching the planet for clues as to where to go next. The haunting bouquet of adulthood looms heavily, lurking behind my every move. No matter how far I go or fast I run, the depths of adulthood will manage to swallow my inner child entirely, holding hostage any remnants of my youthful naivety. For example, the delights which used to tickle my fancy are now losing their novelty. They've become trapped in my subconscious mind, only to be released by a sound or smell, whisking me back to happier times. One of those places to ignite a fun childhood memory? Palmer's Fun Pit, a small sentimental amusement park 30 minutes from my hometown. Each year, after school had let out for the summer, my parents would bring my brother and me to Palmer's to celebrate summer vacation. As time passed, so did the tradition, until one summer, it was nothing more than a fleeting thought. Now, graduated from high school, adulthood awaits me like a hawk. My generational battle into the unknown future has given me a hunger for my childhood once again. My appetite for nostalgia has led me on a pilgrimage. With my friends, Becky and Jessica, we've taken a short trip to Palmer's for one last hurrah before the iconic play place closes for good. We need to have fun. Soon, we'll search endlessly for a rite of passage into adulthood that will never come. Walking through the gates of Palmer's, I find myself less enthusiastic than expected. It's packed full of people. Perhaps if people had come here in these numbers before, the park wouldn't be closing forever. <laughs> but, you know, since this trip to Palmer's is special, I managed to curb my cynicism long enough to enjoy myself. As a child, I loved the rides, especially the ones that twisted and jolted my spine. Now, I want to ride something calm so I can think. A ride like the Ferris wheel. The Ferris wheel. You either love it or hate it, depending on your feelings towards heights. Personally, I've never been one to fear high places, but I do yearn for them. If I could spring from my current position and launch into the open sky, I would. To feel the boundless freedom, miles above terra firma, would be a dream come true. Let's go to the whiplash! Becky tugs at my shirt sleeve, breaking my mesmerizing stare at the spinning wheel. Come on! The hua, I half-ask before I'm dragged to the bumper cars, where Jessica awaits. Hey guys! Go to the whiplash here at Palmer's. Please keep your hands and arms inside the car at all times. No bumping for anger, only bumping for fun. Now enjoy your ride! <laughs> Thank you for riding the whiplash. And exit to the right of the ride. Please enjoy the rest of your day here at Palmer's Fun Park. After our enjoyable but neck-jolting experience, we find ourselves in front of an ominous purple tent made of fine velvet. The smell of incense burning picks up in the wind, luring our spirits closer to the phantasm. The sign on the tent reads, Madame Zaylia, Mystic Portal to the Universe. 
Come in. The mystic calls to us from inside her tent. Come in, my children. It's rude to linger. I peek into the tent with a derisive smile. I will see your fate and answer any question perplexing your young mind. <laughs> no thanks. I don't believe in magic. She responds with a cloud of fire. Oh, she's serious. Jessica chuckles. <laughs> Enter. Becky shoves me from the entrance and skips merrily inside of the mystic's world. I'm up for some fun. She sits in the chair at the table. Sit. Madame Zylia addresses the remainder of us. Sit and challenge the boundaries of your reality. She gestures to the folding chairs. Sit. We cautiously enter the tent. Inside the tent, we try to get comfy in the old wobbly wooden chairs. The tent flaps close behind us, intensifying the darkness and isolation inside. It takes a moment for my eyes to adjust from the contrast of the bright sunny day outside to the solitary light from the melty pillar candle. Let us begin. Madame Zylia flips open a lighter and lights a few more candles to enhance the mood. The candles create just enough light to see the detail of her exquisitely woven hooded robe, which fans the air as she waves her hands around the room. We will summon the fates. To tell us of tomorrow. Though her face is still draped in shadow, the candles create just enough light to highlight her worry-worn, beautiful face in a golden flicker. Madame's worn-out, overly dramatic display leads my attention elsewhere. I glance around at all the random oddities unused in Madame's current presentation. On the floor, beneath her aged card table, is an open steamer trunk filled with skulls and potion bottles, of every shape and size. The trunk has been hastily dug through for something specific. A puff of smoke brings my attention back to the virtually bare table, to a round object covered in a purple velvet cover. This must be what she dug through her trunk to find. Madame Zylia blows into a pan flute. We must clear the air of all sound interference between us and the spirit realm. She lights a bundle of sage and brushes the smoke with her hand above the table. And we must cleanse the air of evil spirits. The specter twirls and lifts to the top of the pointed tent, exiting through a chimney of cloth, carefully layered to avoid unwanted light from entering the mystic's enchanting world. I need a good spirit cleanse. <laughs> Becky gives in to Madame's charm and wafts the smoke right into her face. Madame Zylia lifts the velvet cover to reveal a crystal ball, swirling with a hypnotic range of colors. The ball's intriguing spectacle pulls at my eyes until I can see nothing else. Close your eyes, Rebecca. Madame Zylia snaps her fingers three times, then takes Becky's hands, placing them on the crystal ball. Clouds gather, encased in the crystal sphere, forming lightning in front of our eyes. Zylia lifts their hands together and looks up at Becky. Your future has been cast. <laughs> so, what would you like to know? Um... Becky falters, like she's in line at a coffee shop deciding her espresso flavor. Tell me about my love. She smiles with uncertainty. Oh, your love, yes. Madame Zylia places their hands together on the ball once again. The clouds swirl faster in a storm of lightning. You will marry the next man you fall for. And... Be divorced. <laughs> Soon thereafter. She searches the ball for more answers. Yes. The number six. Yes. The letter G appears. 
Becky scoffs. Married? Six kids? Her lip curls with thought. I don't even like kids. I cannot explain why the ball has shown the prospect. I can only explain what the ball shows. The crystal ball goes dark. And Madame Zylia ends the session. You're finished. She taps Becky's hands, dismissing her. What? That's it? Becky complains. Yes. No one should ever know too much. She looks to me. Next. I point to Jessica. Jessica shakes her head. Nope. I'm freaked out. I'm leaving. She quickly leaves the tent. Becky shrugs. I'm hungry. Let's go get fries. I begin to follow them out. But Madame Zylia stops me. Where are you going, Ashna? What? I roll my <laughs> eyes. Ashna? You don't even know my name. Some psychic. I, ap I apologize. Abigail, I must have misread my illuminous. She refers to her crystal ball. Sit and give me your hands. Let us pry open your mind. She moves her hands about on the crystal. To otherworldly possibilities. Streaks of lightning dance around inside of the ball. She tosses a mix of powders into a small brass bowl. They ignite in a spark. She places my hands on the crystal ball. My body becomes engulfed in a cozy warmth. We will see. She concentrates, digging deep into my mind. Then, suddenly oh. stops and drops my oh, hands no. to the table. This is not good. A pit forms in my stomach. Um, what's wrong? She covers her crystal ball. The fallout is affecting the energy. Um, the inner what? Even after the cube's absorption. You will be caught in a loop indefinitely, causing bedlam eternal. Her cryptic words are chilling. She begins to snuff out her superfluous candles to end the session. That's it. You're just going to spout off a bunch of cryptic words and be done? I stand. You're really bad at this, lady. I go to leave, but she grabs my wrist. You must remember. Her voice changes to a deep, solemn tone. A bird can fly. Great distances not because they control the wind but because they control themselves in the untamed currents of the wind um what did you just say i drop into the folding chair she may not be real but she can hit a real nerve that's what my grandfather used to say really my dear she leans forward you act as if I cannot read your fate. I told you. I mimic her lean. I don't believe in magic. She's reached the edge of her tolerance with my antics. I cannot tell you anything else. <laughs> yeah, well that was a load of. I stand up and leave the tent. I can't believe I almost fell for that old act. Oh. The sunshine burns my eyes as I return to the light. I lower my sunglasses and look around for my friends. Strange faces and unbound joy muddy my search for familiarity. The adage echoes in my subconscious mind. You must remember a bird can fly great distances not because they control the wind but because they control themselves in the untamed currents of the wind. I shake off the unnerving feeling of deja vu and wander the carnival. But, instead of finding my friends, I find myself in front of the Ferris wheel. Once again... There you are! Becky jogs over. 
We lost you to the crowd while we were grabbing food. She dips her french fry in cheese and shoves it in her mouth. She offers the boat of fries to me. I push the boat of fries from my face. <laughs> what do you mean lost me? Where in the hell did you go? Jessica pipes up. I was still in that creepy tent. <laughs> you know, the one with the chatty mystic. The freak show? Becky asks. You saw the bearded lady? Jessica jumps up and down like a child. I, I want to go. Oh my god, I want to go. I wave my hands. No. <laughs> she didn't have a beard. She was a mystic. A fortune teller. Wait a second. You went to a fortune teller? Becky asks with a snarky attitude, like she didn't enthusiastically enter the tent first. Uh, yeah, she wasn't a very good mystic. Remember? I roll my eyes. They look at me as if I have lizards coming out of my nose. You seriously don't remember? Neither of you? They shrug. <laughs> really? You guys are messing with me, right? I start in search of the purple tent. We march to the other side of the carnival and find the sign reading, Fortunes, $5, in front of a small, red, canvas tent. The name out front, Monster Destiny, Fortune Teller. The open tent exposes the occupant, a bored young man doodling in his sketchbook. <laughs> this is not right. <laughs> I'm up for some fun. Becky giggles as she runs up to the tent. Welcome. She enters the tent and hands the soothsayer a five-dollar bill. What answers do you seek, my lady? The cheesy wannabe mystic flashes a flirtatious grin. I refuse to listen any further. This is not the right tent. I return to the midway. Abby! <laughs> Someone calls my name from across the midway. I turn and look. Hey! My childhood friend, Greg, approaches. I thought that was you. He hugs me. Greg? I squeeze him tight. <sighs> So, what have you been up to? He looks me in the eyes. Whoa, you okay? Relief flows over me. I've needed someone to talk to. I haven't seen Greg since I moved out of our old neighborhood at age 12. And after all these years, he can still read me like a book. Before I can answer, Becky and Jessica return from the fortune teller. Oh my god. Becky giggles as she runs up to us. That dude was so lame. Jessica grins. Yeah, but he was cute, so I totally got his number. She waves a small piece of paper. Who's your friend? <laughs> Becky looks Greg up and down. Greg blushes. <laughs> Greg? He mutters it out like he's never spoken his own name before. Becky? She blows him a kiss in return. The two of them lock eyes. Will you be hanging with us today? Becky grabs Greg by the arm. Well, Greg walks beside her. Uh, I was here with a group of my friends, but I Wait think a second. My plans just the mystic changed. mentions something about the letter G. Becky in love? <laughs> this is way too accurate. There's no way Madame Zylia was just a figment of my imagination. Next time on Tales from the Zugaru. It's time to ponder my next move. There's nothing I can do. 4.30 in the morning. Did you get some rest? Damn it. I have to find a way to make the nightmare stop. That's a low bar, but a good start. I stare at the inauspicious box for just a moment. Hey, knock it off! We're trying to watch people score here! 